Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of E.W. Jackson for America. Great to be with you again today. Now, <laughs> didn't do a live program yesterday, you probably noticed. I hope you tuned in anyway, because we're going to continue to air things that we think will be helpful to you. And by the way, we're still building out E.W. Jackson for America. So pray for us, because I still want to add guests and I want to do other things. But uh, I'm in the process, in fact, of retaining a group uh, that can help me to kind of build out this program. Uh, so pray for me and uh, and thank you for your contributions, because everything we do to try to make this to improve and to make this better cost money, of course. Um, I, I want to. Well, let's see. Where, where, where do I start here? Uh, I was not with you yesterday because I had a five. <laughs> A five-hour dental appointment. Oh, boy. I, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I, I debated with myself whether I should even tell my audience that I had a five-hour dental appointment because every time people see me, they'll be looking at my mouth to figure out what in the world would they do for five hours. But uh, it was one of those situations, you know, where things build up and there's, there's this to do and that to do and this to do. And, you know, you can either make a decision, well, we'll do this over the next two, three, four, five months, or come in, we'll have one long appointment, we'll get a bunch of stuff out of the way. And so that's what I did and got a bunch of stuff out of the way. And when it was all over, folks, I was done for the day. So I couldn't be with you because that's where I was. I was at the dentist's office, stretched out with my mouth wide open, somebody digging into my mouth, uh, which is not really a vision you ever you really want to think about anyway. But, uh, but that's where I was yesterday. But I'm back and I'm doing fine. And I'm really ready to go. I want to remind you of a couple of things. Uh, one is that I am going to be at, um, uh, I'm going to be at, in uh, Indian Trail, North Carolina next Wednesday. I'm going to be at the March Like a Champion Conference at First Baptist Church at Indian Trail. That's 732 Indian Trail, Fairview Road. Um, and that's in Indian Trail, North Carolina, not far from Charlotte, apparently. And I'm going to be speaking there uh, on uh, Wednesday night and Thursday morning. Wednesday night at 6.30, Thursday morning at 10 a.m. If you're in the area, please come by. I would love to meet you. And by the way, I really do have an opportunity to meet people, particularly now with the books, because a lot of people get to buy the book and come up to the table and shake my hand. So that becomes an opportunity for us to, to interact a little bit, not take pictures with people and all of that. So, so if you're in the area, come on by. I'd love to see you there. That's next. This, in fact, this, this coming Wednesday, I'll be there Wednesday night and Thursday morning. And then on Friday... In the morning and the afternoon, I'll be speaking at uh, at the at Andrew Womack's men's conference on Thursday morning. So I'll be in Colorado. I'll be in North Carolina on Wednesday and Thursday, and then I'll be in Colorado on Friday. Uh, so if you're in the Colorado Springs, Denver area, come on by for the men's conference. I'm still you can still sign up and be a part of it. I'll be speaking again Friday morning and Friday afternoon. So I uh, would love to see you there at either of those places. I want to remind you again, Sweet Land of Liberty is out and available to you at wherever books are sold. However, you can get a 15% discount if you buy it from my publisher, Fidelis, 
and that's at faithfultext.com, faithfultext.com. I want to encourage you all, and I'm very serious about this. If you run a Christian school, if you, um, you, you have a, a Bible class uh, that you meet, uh, that, that meets at your home or, or, a, or a cell group that meets at your home, and you're looking for materials to deal with. Now, this is not a book about Christianity, per se, but it is a book by a Christian. And so this book is filled with Christian worldview about the issues of the day. And of course, it tells you a lot about my background and really is a testament to what Jesus Christ has done in my life. And so I'm sure it can be of use to you. And so, you know, don't just buy one, but maybe have your entire class buy them and, and you can use them. I mean, it's, as you can see, it's a pretty substantial book and, um, and it'll, it'll keep you in, with plenty to do and to talk about for quite some time because I deal with pretty much every issue that affects our country. There really aren't many issues that I don't deal with in this book because it's not only a book about my background and my biography, but a perspective on our country and how we need to go about solving the problems that we face in our country today. So some people have suggested that, you know, this is the kind of book that is a precursor to running for president. Well, let me tell you something, folks. I started this book a decade ago. A decade ago. Believe me, I didn't start it thinking, yeah, I'm going to run for president. <laughs> I started thinking, I got to help save our country. That's why the book was written. So I hope you get a lot out of it. I mean, if you see something, you read, as, as people do, read something else into it, that's on you. Believe me, that was not the motivation for writing the book. Uh, now, although I have to admit, you know, a lot of people have been coming up to me saying you ought to run for president. Well, <laughs> well, well, and I, I, t I, did I, I tell you all this when lady come, came up to me. Where was I? Um, uh, well, it'll come to me, but bought my book and said, I want you to write in this book. I will run for president and sign it and I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> OK, uh, I think I think that's it with regard to everything. Oh, yes. And one other thing. Please, please go to EWJacksonForAmerica.com, EWJacksonForAmerica.com. Check out our website. Give me your feedback. Sign up um, to, to just, uh, to tell you the truth, folks, I, I got to spend more time with this website, but just sign up, okay? Uh, there's products on the website. We're gonna be, there's going to be more products coming up on the website here not too long, and we're really going to do a big push for the website. Oh, and I forgot to mention, if you sign, go to Stand America, that's EWJacksonForAmerica.com. That's separate and apart. This podcast is separate and apart from Stan, but we obviously Stand is my nonprofit, so we, I, I, I want to do everything I can to support it. Go to StandAmerica.us, StandAmerica.us, and if you sign up there as a Patriot partner, I just, last night, I got up at 5 o'clock this morning, last night and this morning, doing nothing but signing books, signing books, signing books, signing books. Just delivered a box of them to, to, uh, to our folks, my staff, for, for sending out. So if you uh, want to get a free book, signed and numbered, and by the way, you know, I think the next number is number 50, folks. It may already be taken, but I don't think so. I think the next number is number 50. I don't know about you, but I kind of like those even numbers. The next number is number five. Oh, let me just tell you that for sure, because I think that's that is the next number of uh, a book the, that the next Patriot partner. Well, actually, I'm wrong. The next Patriot partner will get number forty nine. 
and then number 50. So 49 and 50 are the next two that are going out. I, I, I can't, what can I tell you? I can't tell you whether you would, okay, I want number 50. Let me see if I can wait and just get it right, right in the day, right there, number two, so I get book number 50. But at any rate, but, but it's a lot of fun, and I'm so appreciative of all of you who are supporting, and we're getting, we're getting Patriot partners in every day. Minimum 25 bucks, and I'll send you a free, free number signed copy of the book. And remember, you can sign up as a Patriot partner for five bucks. I mean, for that matter, a dollar for three dollars. You can sign up as a Patriot partner, and, uh, and, and you'll get a T-shirt. You won't get a book for less than 25 bucks, but if you sign up for 25 bucks or more, you'll get the book. Less than that, you'll still get a T-shirt. So you'll still get a gift from us, and we still appreciate you as a Patriot partner. Uh, speaking of Patriot partners, oh, yes, that's right. There's one other thing. Our Stand Awards dinner is coming up on May the 16th at the Tyson's Corner Marriott. May the 16th at the Tyson's Corner Marriott in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Please come. Please support us. It's our biggest fundraiser of the year. We are honoring Alveda King, Michelle Bachman, Alan West, and Andrew Womack. Those are our four honorees. They will receive the George Washington Award for Taking a Stand. Uh, it's going to be a great event. Last time we had 200 people there, but this time we're expecting more. So I hope that you can come. I want to say to all my Patriot partners, if you are a Patriot partner, you are automatically invited to the sponsor's reception. There's a 6 o'clock sponsor's reception. Now that reception is only for the sponsors and their guests. But if you are a Patriot partner, you are welcome to come to the sponsor's reception because as far as I'm concerned, you, you are critical to what we do in this organization. So if you are a Patriot partner, I don't care if it's for just five bucks a month, if you are a Patriot partner, you get to come to the sponsor's reception. So there's another little incentive for you to come to the sponsor's reception. We're going to do some other things for our Patriot partners. But I'll tell you something. I'm praying for our Patriot partners because our Patriot partners make it possible for us to do what we're doing. And that, that is the truth, folks. That is the truth. They, to, it, our Patriot partners make it possible for us to keep going. So thank you for that. All right. Here's what I'm going to talk about today. I said a few days ago, I think I said it on this program, because, you know, I, sometimes I say things on my radio program I don't say on this program and vice versa. You can't have indoctrination without censorship. In order to have indoctrination, you not only have to create a kind of, of, ideologically pure um, compilation of information, of ideas that you keep pounding with, pounding away at toward people. You just pound away at these ideas. You pound away at them. And they're consistent. And you notice how the left, they'll come up with a phrase and then you'll hear everybody on every news outlet using the same phrase because, I mean, like Russian collusion, Russian collusion, Russian collusion, Russian collusion. It, because there's, they're not simply, they're not trying to inform you. They're trying to indoctrinate you. 
they're trying to inculcate you with a certain view, a certain idea that, that gets stuck in your brain so that this is the way you view the world. Every totalitarian, tyrannical system of government has always done it. That's why they have propaganda. That's what they're doing. They're trying to indoctrinate people to think only a certain way. And you, you basically to block out anything else. Well, that doesn't work unless you have on the other side of that coin censorship. In other words, you've got to have a one-track mind that you, you promote to people and then you exclude everything else. You are not allowed to see this. You are not allowed to hear this. You are not allowed to think this. You, this cannot be broadcast. This cannot be written. This cannot be spoken. Because you want all of the contrary information. You want all of the contrary ideas eliminated. So the people begin to think, well, this is the only reality there is. This is the only way to see life. This is the only way. That, this is it. Which is why in communist systems... When people don't seem to be adhering to the communist way of thought and life, they put them into what they call education camps or they put them in struggle camps. You have to struggle with yourself, you see, to get rid of all those bourgeois ideas. What they really are, they're indoctrination camps where they isolate you so you can't see, hear, think, anything else, and then they tell you. Day in and day out. This is the way you think. This is the way you think. And sometimes they even put the cap on that with torture. Or throw you in a cell. Or threaten your family. In order to get you to realize, oh, this is, this is definitely the way to think. Like here in America, the left, <clears throat> particularly the LGBTQ mafia, or as I prefer to call it, the SPCG, sexual perversion child grooming movement, they want to make you lose your job, lose your business, lose your reputation. They want to, they want to vilify you. They want to marginalize you. They want to turn you into persona non grata. Well, communist countries do the same thing. They call it, in Cuba, they call it shunning, where you get shunned. You are no longer anyone acceptable to talk to or, or have company with or be in fellowship with because you are bad. The system has... Basically, you've got the scarlet letter. You're not a faithful communist. Well, same thing is happening in our country. But the government is using private means in order to get the job done. I mean, so whether you saw that Discover Card now has said that they are going to now keep a registry of people who buy guns with Discover Cards. So they have now become an arm of the state. Because you don't need to have a federal register when you've got private companies that will do the dirty work for you. And by the way, folks, there's a word for that. It's called fascism. See, communism is when the state directly takes control of the, not only the means of the production, but takes direct control of all the people as well. Communism is about taking control of everything and everybody. Fascism is more indirect. It's about taking control of everything and everybody through institutional means.
you see. So basically, you can, you can be left thinking you own a company unless the government has some other plan for you. Or that you own your house unless the government has some other plan for you. So all of the in indices of independence are left in place for the most part. But ultimately, it's all a facade. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's not real. That's fascism. And this is what is developing in our country. But you know, because look, first of all, let me just back up a second. Fascism and communism are simply two sides of the same coin. People like to make it a lot. Fascism's out here. They're right wing. Communism's over here. They're no, 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 no. Fascism is simply an offshoot of communism. The titular founder of fascism, if you will, is Mussolini. Mussolini was a communist. And all fascism, and remember, so was Adolf Hitler. I mean, he, he didn't call himself a communist, but, but he, he cut his teeth in the German Workers' Party, which was a far-left entity. So these people are all leftists. They are, they are all they're totalitarianists. But here's the element that they added that people then call fascism, and somehow that's, now that's really something entirely different. It's not. It's the same thing. And that is, communism argues theoretically uh, in, uh, for a one-world system. In other words, where countries don't matter. Where everybody ultimately comes together. I mean, this, this demonic utopia, everybody comes together, right? So there's, there's, there's one hell that everybody lives in. And besides that, it's all theoretical because the communists in the predominant country do never mean to give up the predominance of their country. China's not giving up the predominance of China. If they can get it, they'll keep it. The Soviet Union was not giving up the predominance of Russia and the Soviet Union. They were planning to keep it, but theoretically, but ultimately it becomes all one world. Well, that's just a lot of hogwash. What they really mean is the whole world comes under our domination. That's what they mean. Well, what fascism added to communism was, no, 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 none of the, they became, you could say it this way, they became explicit about the domination. So fascism became, this is about, for Mussolini, this is about the hegemony and the preeminence of Italy. And Hitler's leftism, leftism became, this is about the preeminence and the, and, the, and the predominance and the hegemony of Germany. But they were no less Marxists. Do you think anybody owned property in Germany? Only in name. Because if Hitler said, I want that. You think somebody goes, well, no, I got the deed to this. I, you, you. So it was really the, it, the communism and fascism are just two sides of the same coin. It's the same thing with slightly different permutations and alterations in the communist system. That's all. And the reason why Hitler hated communists was that they were rivals for power. Not because he disagreed with them about anything or substantively, at least. 
because the Nazi party was the National Socialist Party. So Hitler was a socialist. All these people running around talking about socialists, they better come to grips with that. They, they, don't like to, they don't like to hear that. They don't like to talk about that. But that's the fact. But there's a reason why they called it the National Socialist Party. The Nazis. That's what Nazi is an abbreviation for. At any rate. So you got to censor people in order to indoctrinate people. You got to censor the people who would contradict and that's exactly what's going on right now. That's exactly what there's an attempt to do. So here's what I want to get to in terms of you and me. In the name of Jesus, folks, this is right off the Holy Ghost presses too. We are coming into an era where there is a need for bold, unabashed Christianity. For people to speak up boldly and forthrightly and unapologetically and say, yes, I am a Christian. No, I don't believe in same-sex marriage. No, I don't believe that homosexuality is good or right. I believe it's sin because I'm a Christian. I believe what the Bible teaches. No, I don't believe that abortion is about reproductive rights. I believe abortion is about the killing of an unborn baby that God has a plan for. I say it without hatred, without malice, but I'm not apologizing for my faith. Because you see, it's going to take that to push back against this constant effort to marginalize Christians and to, and, and frankly, to delegitimize Christians. Because after all, we're all bigots and haters, right? And are we, we're simply using Christianity as a cloak for our bigotry and hatred. We, we don't, it's not about Jesus. It's, it's just about you don't like homosexuals and Christianity is your excuse. I mean, this is a lie out of the pit of hell. This is, this is deeply demonic. But look, we have been saying for years, when I say we, I don't just mean me, the royal we. I mean many of us have been saying for years that it is a slippery slope from homosexuality to pedophilia and to a whole bunch of other perversions. We've been saying that for years. We said it when the whole quote-unquote gay rights movement started and we got to have a gay rights bill. And many of us were saying it's a slippery slope that's going to lead us to hell. Now look at what we got. We've got homosexuality. We got bisexuality, we got uh, 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 transgenderism, and now we've got the effort to teach children all of this stuff and to punish parents who dare object. There are some of these states controlled by these godless closet pedophiles who are trying to pass laws that punish parents for dare stepping in when they want to give their when they want to stop their children from receiving hormone treatments and, and operations and, and counseling to find their true sexual identity, their true gender identity. 
So the state wants to step in and tell the parents, get out of the way, you stupid idiot, you idiot, you don't know what, you parents are dumb. We, we know what's best for your children, and we will tell your children what we want them to know, and if you don't like it, we'll take them from you. I mean, sooner or later, they're going to get to a point where they're going to say, we're going to put you in jail for child abuse. That's where this is all headed. That's where, they, that's where they like to go. Because you see, as I've said before, why is it that if you've got 10 different bakers in a town, nine of which will bake your so-called quote-unquote gay, your homosexual or transgender, whatever it is, thing you want to do, you go to the one who's a Christian because they want to intimidate us. They want to, to teach us a lesson. They want to tell us You'll lose everything you got if you come up against us. We will destroy you. We will, we will destroy your business. We will destroy your livelihood. We will destroy your ability to take care of your family. We will leave you with nothing if you don't bow to us. And sadly, a lot of Christians know that, see that, and think, well, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. We are coming into an era in which Christians are going to have to take off the gloves. And I don't mean violence. But take off the gloves in terms of we are not apologizing, we are not backing up. Christians in these media companies, Christians in these universities, Christians who are coaches. Did you see that Deion Sanders just spoke up? And of course, the leftists and the anti-God crowd are going crazy because at a press conference, I guess post-game, he spoke up and said, I am not apologizing. In fact, on my radio program, I'm going to try to get the clip and play it. But he said, uh, in fact, this is a quote. He said, Lord, we thank you for the day, for this day. Father, for this opportunity as a group. Father, we thank you for the movement that God has put us in place to be in charge of. We thank you for each player here, each coach, each family. In Jesus' name we pray. And they just about went crazy just about went crazy but he's not apologizing and i saw him at his press conference and he said he's been god's been so i'm paraphrasing but god's been too good to me god has done too much for me yes i thank him yes i, I owe him yes i love him and i guess these reporters are out there thinking what have we got on our hands here and of course they were he's he's a coach not a pastor he shouldn't be doing all that but you see folks in a normal world, all of that wouldn't be necessary because everybody would already been in agreement. But we're not in a normal world. We're in a world that's been perverted by the homosexuals, the Democrats, the leftists who are now hostile to God, hostile to Christianity. They hate God. They hate Christians. They hate the Bible. And they're doing everything in their power to destroy us, to marginalize us, to vilify us, to delegitimize us to destroy our reputations, to destroy our businesses, to get us fired from our jobs, to destroy our livelihood. And the only way we're going to deal with this, is we're just going to have to make some sacrifices and step up and say, well, you may try, but I'm going to stand up for Jesus, whether you like it or not. It's I don't hate you, but clearly you hate me and you're not getting rid of me. You're not stopping me from being what God has called me to be. And, and there are signs that God is raising up his people to do this. Deion Sanders is just the latest one. 
the Asbury Revival is apparently spreading around the country. Kelsey Grammer just apparently came to tears during one interview talking about what Jesus Christ has done in his life. Kelsey Grammer and said, I'm not apologizing for my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not, I'm not backing off. I'm not, I'm not backing up. Praise God. Denzel Washington is supposed to be a Christian. It's time for him to step up. It's time for all of these people in whatever walk of life, in the corporate world, in the entertainment world, in the sports world, in the academic world. It's time for all of these people in every walk of life, or for that matter, at your garage where you work or at your company where you work, to stand up and say, I am not apologizing for being a Christian. Say, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. You don't like it, lump it. And you don't have a problem with me. You got a problem with Jesus. You got a problem with God. You got a problem with the Bible. Talk to him about it. And leave me alone. Because I'm washed in the blood of the lamb. And I'm grateful for it. And I'm not apologizing to anybody for it. And don't come to me with all this stuff about homosexuality and all this critical race theory because there is none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sin is sin and righteousness is righteousness. And I'm not going to call one the other. So don't even try it. Don't try to send me to your little sensitivity thing. I got a sensitivity training. It's called Bible study, which teaches me to love people. And I do. And to speak the truth in love. And I do, even if they call it hatred. That's where we are, folks. That's the next stage of this battle. You've heard me joke about the presidency, but I will say this seriously. We have got to have a president and we have got to have candidates who are unabashed Christians and not just glibly say, well, I'm a Christian, too. That's what happened in law school when I first got saved and people in law school say, yeah, I'm a Christian too. And I'm thinking, well, where were you? Where were you when I was searching? Where were you when I was looking? Where were you when I was lost in sin and looking for answers? Where were you? But I'm talking about people who will say, yes, I'm a Christian. And that's why I'm against homosexual marriage because it's wrong in the sight of God. And as an American citizen, I know I've got to adhere to the law. I know I've got to respect what the law says, but I don't have to agree with it. And I don't. And to say abortion is killing a human being. <clears throat> it's killing an unborn baby. And every person who participates in it is going to one day have to answer to God. And you don't want to be in that position. You better repent while you've got a chance. Well, how far would that person get running for office? I don't know. But I tell you what, I think the American people are tired of this mealy mouth mess that that really has everybody cowed up in a corner. Well, I don't I got to be careful what to say. I, I better use the right pronoun. I think the American people are tired of it. So let's pray. That we get the kind of leadership that we need that's going to stand up for the values that made this country great. But let's you and I make up our minds 
that we are going to be part of that movement. We are going to be part of that. By the way, we are planning a sacred assembly to save America in September. I'll tell you more about it as we get closer. A sacred assembly to save America. I hope I'm put it right now. We're tentatively scheduled for September the 16th. Put it on your calendar. Put it on your schedule. I don't care where you are, all the way from California to Hawaii. You need to come. We need to gather Americans. I'm looking to gather a million Americans from all over the country, a minimum of a million Americans to say, we want our country to come back to God and the Judeo-Christian values that made this country great. It didn't become great because we're the smartest people in the world, and it didn't become great because we're the most virtuous people in the world. It became great because we put our faith and trust first in Almighty God. In spite of our sins, in spite of our shortcomings, yes, in spite of slavery, and in spite of what we did to Native Americans, some of which, of course, you know, all that stuff is skewed and overblown in some ways. And I won't get into that. I mean, I'm, slavery was horrible and bad. And, and some of the things done to Native Americans were horrible and bad. But, they, but they're not looked at in their cultural context. That's the point I'm making. But okay, those were sins. And they were wrong. And we did them. Denying women the right to vote, that was bad. That was wrong. It was sins. And we did them. Why did God continue to prosper this nation? Because in spite of our sins... We look to the hills from whence comes our help, knowing that, knowing that our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And God continued to reveal to us and show us a better way. Slavery ended. Uh, all, all of us, all of us feel terrible for some of the things that were done to Native Americans because they were wrong. No question about it. And, and all of us know, what, what in the world was, what were we thinking? Well, we weren't. We were, we were imbued with the culture and the history of our times. That's why women weren't allowed to vote, because they weren't considered to be the equals of men. So we made our share of mistakes. And history is not to, the, the kind of history we want to teach is not to deny those mistakes. But it is to put them in their context and then to look at the progress that we made. And the progress that we made has been made because we are Judeo-Christian culture. And ultimately, the word of God has continued to speak to us and speak to our consciences and say, what you're doing is wrong. Stop it. The rest of the world, other than, than, than some parts of Europe, never came to a point of morally denouncing slavery as inherently wrong. But America did. And never came to a point of morally denouncing, mistreating people and denying people their humanity because of the color of their skin was inherently wrong. There are many parts of the world that still haven't done that. India still has got a caste system working. But America did it. And it's because we are a Christian nation rooted and grounded in a Christian culture. And you and I are going to have to redeem our country. Because without that, there is no future for America. But since greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, the future of America is bright as one nation under God. That's where our future lies. God bless you. I've got to go. I've once again, gone over my time. I get worked up about these things. I'm passionate about our country, obviously. Uh, but God bless each and every one of you. 
And remember to stand up, to step up, to speak up, and refuse to back up. Because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit. Because we are on God's side. Okay.
goodness gracious.